notes or inside the app if you want to follow along with me. We are in part two of a series called uh, Next Acts. I think that's the name of it. Yes, New Acts. Sorry, New Acts. And the book of Acts is a book in the Bible, um, and it records the acts of the apostles and disciples after Jesus returned to heaven. And so that was a brand new season for them. And as we go into 2020, um, we are all walking into a new season, a new year, a new decade. Now, these disciples, when they walked into this new season, it was of paramount importance that they did not do anything until the Holy Spirit came upon them because they were not going to be able to be effective unless the Holy Spirit was on them and moving through them. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Go to Jerusalem and wait until you are endowed with power. In other words, do not do anything without the Holy Spirit. If we try to live our lives without the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we will find ourselves stressed out, we'll find ourselves tired, we'll find ourselves exhausted. My hope through this series is to compel you and to remind you that the Holy Spirit desires to partner with you in everything you do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, God is faithful to do everything that he has promised, for he has invited you to be in partnership with Jesus Christ. When we are partners with him and we are committed to that, we see him flowing through our life. I want to give you three examples in my personal life on on when I've seen him do this. Um, Number one is a financial example. I didn't grow up in money. For those of you that that did... um, we don't have very many things in common um, as we grew up. Um, my first car had a rag for a gas cap. I had a Magnafox stereo duct taped into my car with double D batteries. That was my radio. Um, when we grew up, I didn't have a Mercedes. My dad had a Cutlass, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Anybody remember those? And we used to have to pump the gas to get it to start. It was like, are you with me? Um, it, we just didn't come for money. And I remember my dad telling me, go out and get a job and do not come home unless you have a job because he was sick of giving me money. So I walked into this place and somehow or another, the owner uh, ended up interviewing me. He wasn't supposed to interview Another guy was. And it was one of the first times in my entire life where I looked across the desk and I saw a stranger, somebody I'd never met before. I could see in his eyes that he liked me. And he offered me the job. 
And he says, he called me son, because all Texans call people that are in high school son. Um, I had just graduated high school. I was in college. I started off with four classes. A week later, I had three classes. A week later, I had two classes. So then I had one class. I think it was PE or art or something like that. And so I'm sitting there and he goes, son, I like you. I'm going to offer you a job. Starting pay, base salary, 50000 And I'm going to give you 50000 of existing accounts. So you're going to be making 100000 Now, nobody in my whole family tree had ever made that kind of money um, that I know of. Um, maybe somebody has, I don't know. But no one in my immediate family. I don't know what happened to me. Like the spirit of crazy came on me or something. But I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry, I can't accept that. (laughs) I said, in order for me to take this job, you're asking me to drop out of college. I had one class. (laughs) You're asking me to drop out of college and it's going to be 40 to 60 hours a week. And I'm 19 years old and you're asking me to drop out of college. I said, the only way I would even consider this job is if this, the base pay was 100000 with the 50000 existing accounts. And he said, you've lost your mind. And I just looked at him, you know, mud face. And he took a piece of paper and a pen and he slid it across and he goes, you show me why you need a base salary of 100000 So in my head, I thought I need to come up with $8,000 of bills a month, which I had no bills because I lived at home. <laughs> And so I said, these, I live, this was in uh, Beaumont. And I said, but I lived in Nederland, which was like five minutes away. And I said, you're going to ask me to move to Beaumont. <laughs> move to Beaumont. And so I start coming up with bills that did not exist. As $600 a month for an apartment, um, you know, insurance, health insurance, health insurance at 18. All right, I'm all this down. Somehow or another, I come up with $8,000, and I was like, and this is just a start, and I push it back. He goes, all right, it's yours, $100,000, 50000 existing accounts. I said, thank you very much. I need to think about it. I walk out because I have to think about whether I want to drop out of college for this job. One class I got. I get home, and I told my dad, he offered me 50. He goes, that's my boy. I said, I turned it down. He goes, my son's an idiot. I said, I told him I wanted 150 with the commission. He goes, that's what? He gave it to me. He goes, that's my boy. And we went back and forth. Two weeks later, I got a call from a pastor up in Chicago, actually Rockford, Illinois, They offered me a ministerial internship for three years, and I'd go to Bible college, a correspondence, and the pay was $41 a week. I turned down the job making $150 and took the $41 and moved to Rockford, Illinois at 19. Three of you are clapping. The rest of you are like, cuckoo. But I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't make that decision. So, but nevertheless, I'm in Rockford, Illinois. I'm 19. I get up there and I decide I am not going to date a girl. I'm not going to go out with a girl until I meet the one. This was a big decision for me because in high school, it was very common for me to walk in and propose to the first girl I see. 
like yesterday, I remember sitting in health class, turning around, seeing a girl I didn't know. I said, hi, will you marry me? Uh, that was just constantly, and I thought, I'm, I'm going to be serious from now on. And I waited, you know, another year, another year, another year, another year. And I was like, God, help me. And the pastor's wife went to Vancouver to speak at a conference. This girl pulls up in the car, and she's going to drive her around for the week. And um, the pastor's wife looks at her. And then she comes home and she says, Frankie, if I heard from God, and maybe I didn't, maybe it was me talking to me, but if I heard from God, I think I heard him say, this one's for Frankie. I said, well, there is only one way to find out. (laughs) I said, bring that Canadian bacon girl down here and let's see what's going on. They brought her down. Three days later, we were dating. A year and a half later, we were married. We've been married for 18 years. We have three kids. (laughs) Story number two. Uh, One was finances. The other one was a relationship. Here's story number three. A year and a half ago, our church was 13 years old. And I started going in this. There's a little room around here. It's like a a green room, so to speak. But during the week... um, I would go in there during the week about a year and a half ago. And our staff can test to this. Um, I'd spend hours in there, hours praying and telling God, I don't want to preach anymore. I don't want to have church anymore. I don't want to have messages. I've been doing this in in my young life, 20 years already. I don't want to do this anymore. Four songs, 30 minutes of preaching, everybody go home. Four songs, 30 minutes of preaching, everybody go home. I'm sick of it. If you still exist and you still do miracles and you still cause marriages that are falling apart to come back together again, if you can still take cancer out of someone's life, if you can still open up deaf ears, if you can still unlock blind eyes, if you can still do that, then I want to see your power. If not, I want to do something else. For about a a year, I was just back there. I was watching YouTube videos of some preacher and I saw a, a guy by the name of Randy Clark, and I felt the Lord speak to me, not out loud, just in my heart. He said, find that guy. I've never even heard of him. Find that guy. He can help you. I had to Google him to figure out who he was. Randy Clark, Randy Clark, and found his face and linked the face, and I was like, okay. So I call up, and I said, I need to speak to Randy Clark's secretary, and the secretary picks up the, oh, no, I got her voicemail. I said, my name is Frankie. I live in the Woodlands, Texas. I would like to have one hour of Dr. Randy Clark's time. I'll fly anywhere in the country. I'll have my questions prepared. I'll even bring him an offering. I need one hour of his time. I was desperate. I get a call back and they said, Dr. Randy will give you one hour of his time in West Virginia. I got in a plane, flew to West Virginia. He came in, I shook his hand, I said, look, I want you to like me and I want to get to know you, but I don't have time for that. I pulled out my cell phone, I hit start on the countdown clock. I said, I'm going to respect your time. I pull out my notes, I had 20 questions. I said, question number one, is there a difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and having an endowment of power to do miracles? Is there a difference? And he looks at me and he smiles and he goes, yes. 
Now, for those of you that are new to the church world, that may mean nothing to you. Those of us that have been in the church world, Question number two, question number three, question number four. I get down to question number 20. My alarm goes off. Beep, 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 beep. I hit stop. I start closing my books. I grab my phone. I said, thank you for your time. He goes, sit back down. I sit down. When somebody is 65 and they say, sit down, you sit down, right? I said, so I sit down. And he goes, I want you to come to Brazil with me. He goes, "I, I believe that God wants you to heal the sick. For whatever reason, to this day, I don't know how or why. But when he said that, I just believed him. I just believed him. I I, I don't know how to... I've had people say tons of things, nice things to me. You have too. And most of the time, I just say thank you, just like you do. I just believed him. Within a few weeks after that, I said, many of you know the story, I started praying for people and seeing miracles. One after the next, deaf ears, blind eyes, we start seeing them here. About 30 minutes ago, while you guys were worshiping, I was in a class and Sunday coffee and I was meeting a lot of the new people that have been coming to our church. And two people in, in particular, one person who, um, who couldn't hear out of his right ear, came down here and prayed with a prayer partner. The prayer partner prayed for him. And uh, I think I'm getting this story right. Are you in this room? The gentleman from Columbia? There you are. Um, who prayed for you? Was it me or a prayer partner? Okay, it was me first and then a prayer partner or a prayer partner? Prayer partner first? Prayer partner first and then me. He goes back to see the doctor. And the doctor says, um, uh, I forgot, what did the doctor say? <laughs> oh, he told you you needed surgery. He told you you needed surgery. Well, stand up and wave, everybody, so people don't think I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Completely healed. I talked to somebody else right before I talked with him. Completely healed for, of anxiety. Could not sleep at night for the last month and a half, sleeping like a baby. Whether I pray for him or somebody else prays for him, we see the Holy Spirit doing miracles in people's lives. What I'm challenging you guys to do, I just told you three stories that I've experienced in my life. A financial story, a relationship story, family story, a spiritual story. I just shared three stories that none of those three things could have happened Regardless of how hard I tried or how hard I worked or how hard I worked my charisma, none of those three things could have happened if the power of God, the presence of God didn't decide to get involved. And what I'm challenging you and what I'm challenging me to do in 2020 is to live our life pursuing the presence of God and allow him to take care of everything else. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says, not by might nor by strength, but by his spirit. The way we begin to provoke him and encourage him and invite him to move in our life in ways that he has never done before is we begin to trust him in a way that we never have before. And one of those ways is fasting. Fasting and prayer. If you study in the Bible, Esther, Ezra, David, Jesus, the disciples, the apostles, they all fasted. What is fasting? 
Fasting is whenever you decide that you are going to reframe from certain foods. Three things happen whenever you fast. Number one is that your physical body gets weaker while your spiritual body gets stronger. Jesus looked at his disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He said this, he goes, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So he said his exact words were this. He goes, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. Your body is weak, but your spirit is willing. Everybody here, most likely, your heart, your spirit wants to walk with God, wants to be close with God. The problem is, is that the minute you walk out of here, your flesh is so strong, you end up doing things that you don't want to do. In Romans chapter 7, verse 15, Paul said those exact words. He goes, I'm doing the things that I hate doing. When you fast and when you pray, you make your spirit stronger and your flesh weaker. Number two, uh, so that's the first thing that happens when you fast and pray. Number two is that you begin to walk with the Lord with intimacy. Even though I'm a pastor and I pray all the time. When he speaks to me, sometimes I don't know if that's him and I don't know if it's me. Have you ever been there? Is that you talking to me? Is that me talking to me? Even when I'm standing up in front of you, I'm as transparent as I know how to be. I don't know if it's God talking to me or me talking to me. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says that no one knows the thoughts of God except for his own spirit. And he gave us his spirit so we can know his plans. And so when we fast and when we pray, the intimacy, our awareness, our familiarity to his voice becomes more and more clear. So number one, your flesh gets weak, your spirit gets strong. Number two, your intimacy with the Lord becomes much clearer. Number three, when you need a breakthrough, your, your, when you're fasting and you're praying, but you need a breakthrough. What do I mean by breakthrough? If your marriage stinks, you need a miracle. You need a breakthrough. If you have a child that's just... They, they just need help. You need a breakthrough. If financially, you need a breakthrough. You are frustrated with your relationship with God like I was. You need a breakthrough. When you fast and when you pray, you position yourself for a breakthrough. Are you with me? Say yes. I'm encouraging you to fast and to be strict be strict on your fast. Because, yell at your body. I know you're hungry, but I'm more hungry for God than I am for a burrito. I'm more hungry for God than I am a Whopper. I'm, I know you're hungry, but God, I want you to see me physically hungry and just know I'm more spiritually hungry than I am physically hungry. I need a breakthrough. Somebody say, I need a breakthrough. Let me hear you. I need a breakthrough. The, the one common denominator between all of us is every single one of us needs a miracle. Every one of us needs a miracle. Every one of us needs a miracle. And when you get your breakthrough and things begin to happen that are beyond your control and you know it's from God. In um, Revelations, um, what was it, 1910? 
19, thank you, 19.10, it says that the testimony of Jesus, when you talk about what Jesus has done, it's the spirit of prophecy. So when you testify about what he has done, you're actually saying what he wants to do again. That's why testimonies are so powerful because you're saying what he has done and what he wants to do at the very same time. Um, and so I want to take a minute and share a testimony of something that he has done here. Taylor, come on up here. You did such a great job in the first service. I want you to come up here and, and share uh, once again. Um, what did uh, God do in your life recently and um, encourage us? Um, so in September, I had a um, hysterectomy and they took um, my right ovary, but they left my left ovary. Um, and I was recovering really well. Um, and then at about two weeks after my surgery, my husband had to go overseas. And so I was left with our two and four year old by myself. And I tried really hard, but I had, you know, I had to pick up the two year old. And um, as soon as I started doing that, I just completely set myself back and I was just having so much pain. Um, so I came into church and we had a sermon and then Pastor Frankie called the prayer partners to come up front. So I came up front and then while we were standing here, he gave a word of knowledge um, for pain in the right lower abdomen. And so I was thinking it was for me and then he said, um, maybe a kidney. And when he said that, I was like, okay, no, it's not for me. And then I just felt that pain just ignite like stronger than ever. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go. So I stepped out of the prayer partner line and I came to the front. And I was kind of embarrassed because, like, I had come up for prayer partner to pray for other people. And then I was changing my mind and I was going to receive instead. Um, but I did it. And so Pastor Frankie came down the line and he got to me. And he started to pray. And then he, said, he stopped and he said, do you feel the pain right now? And I said, yes, I do. And so he prayed for me again. Um, and before he even finished praying, the pain was gone. And I just started to just sob because there, there was an obedience that was tied to that healing because the Lord wanted to heal me and he made that clear, but I had to step out and be obedient to him in order for it to be released. That is so good. That is so good. I love that story. I love that story. I love that story for so many reasons. Number one, anytime Jesus touches a person and heals them, we get to remind everyone that the healings that took place in the Bible are not just for those days, that it happens all the time. And if you're new here and you want to hear more of those stories, go to our website and pick any sermon from last year, any sermon you want to. And uh, I say any sermon, about 48 out of 52 Go right to the end. Just skip the preaching. The, you've already heard me. Uh, go right to the end and you'll hear testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of people being healed. And so thank you, Taylor, for sharing that. But the other thing is this. Your response to the Lord ignites miracles in your life. If I'm ever up here and I say, I feel like the Lord wants to heal somebody with this particular condition, it's almost as if I'm calling your name and saying, today is your day. If you don't come down, if you don't raise your hand, you're probably going to walk out of here the same way you did when you walked in. 
But if you raise your hand and you let me pray for you, it's your day. You are responding to a word of knowledge that God wants to heal you. Um, and sometimes I move in a word of knowledge and nobody raises their hand. And you know what that means? That wasn't God talking to me. That was me talking to me and I missed it. But if I was right, that means that God wants to heal someone. I'm a, you know, I want to model it right now because I want to show you um, and encourage you that the gifts still operate today. And I want to encourage you that when you live your life like this, there's going to be times where you just say, ah, I missed it. Oh, well. But when you're right, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I'll model that for you this morning. I don't want anyone, I want to, um, sometimes the Lord allows me to be wrong just so that he keeps me humble. All right, I feel like an idiot whenever I'm right. I mean, whenever I'm wrong. Uh, look, I can't even talk. It, it, I do this for a living, by the way. Um, I want to show you over and over again that when you look at me and you go, well, geez, if he can do it, <laughs> I can do it. Would you stand your feet for me, please? I'm excited about your 2020. You're, uh, is there anyone here excited about 2020? I'd like the worship team to come down. I'd like the, the prayer partners to come down. And, and let me just tell you, some of the most amazing miracles happen when our prayer partners pray for people. Um, these prayer partners have been trained. They fast. They pray. Um, the only thing that they wish is that they would have an opportunity to pray for more people. Um, I know them, them personally, and they are an army. They are an army. Um, um, so there's, there's three uh, thoughts, impressions that are coming to my mind right now. And I just want to know if it's anyone in this room. If it is someone in this room, you're going to walk out healed. Uh, if it's not, then I get to look at you and say, sorry. Um, that wasn't the Lord talking to me. It was me talking to me. Um, but I don't want someone to not receive their healing because I'm afraid to be embarrassed. I want someone to not receive it because I, I, I don't want to be the, the cock. I don't want to be the thing that steps in everyone's way. And last year, I should have brought that folder. I just need to, remind me to bring the folder. So what we say around here is if you get healed at celebration, it is your responsibility to email the church and to tell us about it. You've got to give the Lord glory. If you don't give him glory, you are touching his anointing. You are as guilty as I would be if I said, this person got healed because of how awesome I am. I would get judged for that. I would be touching his anointing because I don't heal anybody. Only Jesus heals them. So I can't touch his anointing. 
by taking the credit and you can't touch his anointing by not giving him credit. Are you with me? Say yes. And so we want to hear from you and our staff sees it and we get encouraged, we get lifted up. Um, but here are the three um, impressions that I'm having. Um, um, vision out of someone with you having trouble, having vision out of your right eye. It's just you you're, you just can't see out of your right eye. Um, and I want to be as particular as possible because everybody in here has different, you know, you might be 2020 here and might be, you know, 2010 here. But you're, you think you're going blind in your right eye. You think you're going blind. If that's you, uh, I want to pray for you. Um, I want you to come come and stand right here. And uh, is it is it you? Okay. Good. Um, you as well. It might be more than one. Is it you too? Right eye. And then um, you're um, you're. You can't, 90% of your hearing, you can't hear out of your right ear. 90%. You can't hear out of your right ear. Maybe it's 80%. Don't hold me to the percentage, but you just, maybe 100%. I don't know, but you, you just can't hear out of your right ear. Is it you, Judy? Praise the Lord. You as well. Shelby, wave at everybody up the back there. Turn around and see her hand, everyone. See her hand waving. She's going to give her testimony next Sunday. She got healed in her right ear a couple weeks ago. She couldn't hear at all. How many years could you not hear? 20 years. She's going to give her testimony next Sunday. I think we need to give the Lord a standing ovation for that. Come on. Thank you. don't want to give this one because I'm going to run out of time to pray for people, but um, your uh, your left knee, not on the right and not on the left of it, it's right in the center, almost underneath your, your kneecap, your left knee. Is that anyone? Is it you? very, very excited. There's a lot of miracles that are going to happen. I feel like you're going to get healed before I pray for you. Taylor, I think she's going to get healed before I pray for her. In fact, I'm almost so certain you're going to get healed before I pray for you that I want you to come up here and we're going to let the Lord before I pray for you. Is there anyone here that you your faith would go up if she said that she got healed? Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? And again, I'm not the Lord. I'm not God, but his, his word says this. I love his sanctuary because it's where his presence dwells. And I think sometimes the Lord just wants to show you his power to increase your faith. Are you with me? Is it your left knee? Does it hurt right now? Or is it? Can you give him a standing ovation for that? 
you need to be operating in a word of knowledge. And there are six ways you can receive a word of knowledge, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, there's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But be blessed in the name of the Lord. Come down here and pray with a prayer partner right now. The altars are open. I love you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.